0: Everybody good tonight? Oh, there it is. Yeah. That's so loud it scared me. Everybody good? Yeah, let me look. Let's see now, which ones are from The Rock? Raise your hand so I can see. Yeah, yeah. Glad you're with us. I'm, I want to kind of catch you up just a little bit with us. Not a lot. I'm not going to backtrack too much. But uh, the first thing I want to do is I was hoping that uh, what's Jeff and Vicky's last name? Winin'. yeah, Jeff and Vicky, so uh I, I told Rodney this back uh, in August of last year. I wasn't sure when I was going to come. He basically lets me come anytime I want to come, right and uh, I appreciate that and uh, but anyway, uh, just in praying for you guys so you get prayed for regularly because uh, we consider you part of our family too. is that okay? We really do, and uh, I said this morning, and uh, we'll say it tonight and the rest of the week that anything that we have in our house that We can give and impart to you. We want to do that. And, you know, God never puts two people, two entities. Uh, He never puts two churches together just for the benefit of what one can do for the other. It's always a win-win situation. So we get, we already get, and we expect to get as much from you as we give out when we come here and when you guys come there. So, but anyway, the Lord uh, spoke prophetically to me. Thank you for that word, Roy. That's a good word for this house because I believe that is happening, matter of fact. And I uh, <clears> think <throat> God's doing that everywhere. And for those of you here from the Rock, we talked about this morning the awakening that's taken place. And uh, I said I uh, was looking at my notes uh, before I had them printed out this morning. That uh, all that stuff about the awakening, a lot of people would think, well, you know, you just uh, it's a takeoff on what happened at Asbury in uh, uh, in Kentucky. And I look at my notes, and they were, my notes were from September uh, about the the. Uh, the indicators of the awakening. Those there's a lot of indicators of what's taken place, and I'll say it again for their benefit. I've been believing for uh, 34 years, probably a little longer than that. I've been. We started the church there in Sayer, um, Trinity Fellowship, in uh, 1989. Uh, June the sixth will be 34 years old, and uh, I've been believing for all these years uh, that I would see the church uh, in my lifetime. That uh, in, in a victorious way, as victorious, and maybe even more so, you know, God doesn't return to a former glory. But we might see the most glorious church that there's ever been in history in our generation. Do y'all believe, can you believe that with me? Let's, let's believe that together. I think we're on the brink of it. And uh, what I said uh, earlier today is that the, the awakening is not something that's coming. The awakening is something that's already here. And it's going to be different. It's going to look different in every place. Uh, I've got, I, I, I bet I have in excess of 80 pages of stuff um, uh, just in, in notes. I've had um, the richest, uh, most fruitful times of fellowship and intimacy with the Father that I've ever had in my life. I've had some good ones, but it's been, uh, it's been to a whole nother level to the point where a lot of nights at my house, just sitting in my house, in my living room, just touching and experiencing the presence of the Lord. I just might just break and just weep for a few hours at a time, and it's just so good. And then I'll get on my computer, and I've got so much stuff. I guarantee you there's 80 pages of stuff, and I don't even know what to do with it all. It's just, a, it's, it's coming so fast, and God's just saying a lot of stuff. And I said it this morning, and I wasn't joking about it, and I think, people are understanding that, too. I think you're picking up on that, too, for you. God's in a real talkative mood. Have you notice that? He, he's in a real talkative mood, and He wants to talk to you. My expectations are that He talks to us all this week, and, you know, uh, I hope that uh, there's something that I do here, like Katie prayed and said. I uh, hope that you get some stuff, but, you know, when you give uh, you're, when, or when you teach or whatever, nobody learns any more than you do. Isn't that right, Rodney? And uh, so, uh, I expect to get as much here as you get, and uh, want to be faithful and all that. But uh, one of the prophetic words was, and uh, Rodney's going to. Are, are y'all recording this at all? Because I wanted to. Uh, hi, Lisa. How you doing? I wanted. Uh, I wanted uh, uh, Vicky uh, to be able. I, I know they had to be gone this week, but this word was for Vicky, and uh, it was. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't uh, necessarily praying for Vicky. It was one of those times with the Father. Uh, I think about. I think I had it written down about August of last year. And uh, it's really specific for Vicky, but it's as specific for this house as it is for Vicky, and I think you'll see that when when I give this. So, Vicky, when you hear this, this is for you, and it's for the house. So, uh, it's kind of started like this: uh, uh, Vicky, God wants to commend you uh, uh, for your pure heart, your flawless friendship, because what I observed was uh, Vicky's uh, uh, selfless. Uh, heart attitude activity with Debbie when she was going through and this family was going through what they were going through. Pure heart, a flawless friendship, willingness to put others before herself. Thank you, Vicky, for that. Put her own life on hold for that. She's selfless. She desired no credit for herself. This is God commending her. Uh, let me just say this too while I'm doing this because we're, we're going to do a little uh, thing at the end tonight. where. Uh, you're going to ask the Lord this question: God, show me myself. And uh, that's what, and, and and so get ready for it. And the reason I'm saying that is this is kind of how God does. Uh, in this case, it's it's all God commending Vicky. But when God's when we ask God to show us ourselves, my experience, my own personal experience in some of these really nice, really really good, rich times with the Lord is, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the letters to the seven churches in Revelation. So God's commended me. One night he just broke me. I'm I'm, I'm getting back to this. It's part of this. And one night he just really broke me. And uh, he commended me in two things. He said this. He said, uh, you took up your cross and you didn't quit. Now, if you knew how many times I wanted to quit, if you knew how many times I didn't think anything was happening, if you knew how many times you'd, you'd be embarrassed, you really would want, wouldn't want me to speak to you. But God said, you took up your cross, and you, you didn't quit. So, so in this one, God's only commending. He's just, in, but in the letters to Revelation, you did this right, And but these are some things, you know, he he gave them. So, when we pray at the end tonight, and it really, it's going to just be the tip of the iceberg for you, because uh, God's probably going to, it'll probably be a mix of God commending you and God um, sharing some things with you that he'd like to adjust, tweak a little bit in you, because uh you know, we're being conformed into the image of Jesus, and uh, if you uh, look at your own self, you can see that, you know what, I'm a lot more like Jesus than I used to be, but if you just we're honest with ourselves, I still have a long ways to go before I'm like Jesus. And so, I mean, if the Lord permits, I'll share, you some, uh, share some personal things for me, It's kind of private stuff for me, to give you an idea of how God might speak to you. But uh, all this back to Vicki, no credit for herself, she's a person of compassion Personally, this is one of the most powerful examples of agape I've ever seen, and uh, it's really getting to the good part for you. And, you know, so what's that worth is to see someone, see, when you see someone operating like that, it's uh, it's really, it can get contagious, and that's what needs to happen. And what started me off on this thing in 2020 when I preached those 50-some messages on what needs to happen for the church to be the church, for the church to... Rise to its place of uh, influence and all those things that we believe is going to happen. That I believe is happening is the the two of those things. One is uh, uh, a greater increase in signs and wonders, where people pull up here and are pushed in here in wheelchairs and walk out of here. You you okay with that, right? So yeah, so let, let's just let's be believing for that, contending for that, and in your prayer times, I I, I think you're doing that. I, I know you do those things. And uh, But the other thing that I think is more important than that even, and that is um, I, believe that, I believe that by now that I would have seen a greater display of uh, agape love than what I've seen. So I think that's happening, by the way, and uh, it takes the Holy Spirit to help us with that. So one of those things is if you have someone in your circle of influence that's hard to love, anybody have anybody in your circle of influence that's hard to love? So congratulations because... Uh, God wants to use that person to help you love like he loves. And those of you who didn't raise your hands, I'm going to pray that you'd have somebody. that. Yeah. So it's worth a lot, Vicky. it was worth a lot for Vicky to do that. And my prayer, my belief is, and I believe what God wants to do is cause it to be contagious here. And so what everyone saw was your selfish, uh, are you you're recording that for her? So what everyone saw here was, her self, was your selfless devotion to Debbie, Vicky. What few saw, the Lord said, this is getting to the meat of it. What few saw, if any, <laughs> was the effect you had on the whole church. Because you stepped into the degree, the, de- the degree that you did, Rodney was able to lead to the degree that he could. And he didn't shortchange either one. I was talked to him almost every day during that time. He didn't shortchange the church. He didn't sh- shortchange his time with Debbie. A few people can identify with the weight of trying to lead in the body of Christ, while at the same time contending for his wife's life, uh, all at the same time. So uh, you, have a, you have a man here at the helm in this house. He, he's God's man. He's just God's man, and uh, he's such an inspiration, such a friend to us. So so to finish this up, th- this is part of, a big part of the spirit that God wants to take this house to another level in. Does that make sense? He wants to take you to a whole other level in these things again. Pure heart. Flawless friendship. Willingness to put others before yourself. Selfless. They're selfish, and they're selfless. Desire. Uh, no credit for yourself, Uh, heart of compassion and heart of agape, that highest quality of love. And the Lord gave me this passage of Scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 18. Let love be without hypocrisy. Wow, she modeled that about as good as anybody I've ever seen. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what's good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, Serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and don't curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another and don't set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own opinion. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. That's the word for Vicki. Yeah. You can give the Lord a hand for that one. That's true. That's, yeah. And Vicky. So uh, for, uh, for our friends from The Rock, um, for uh, at least four years, God has been speaking to me about an awakening that's, that's, that's coming, It's taking place. And I preached those 51 messages on what needs to happen for the church to be the church. I don't think that's a conclusive list. I think there's more. God is trying to, uh, he's uh, feverishly working with the people who will cooperate with him to do something new, something bigger, something better, something we've never seen before but only have dreamed of. And I'll say it again, I don't want to repeat myself a lot, but uh, if we're not careful uh, in the body of Christ, we can easily get uh, marooned and kind of stalled out between the things that we see in the Bible that God used to do and the things that we believe that God's going to do sometime in the future. But what we're talking about here this week is we're talking about what what God is doing. And one of the most important questions I could ask you, or I could ask the house, but really it's more important that I ask you the question, what's God doing in your life? What's He doing with you? And uh, I expect He's doing something. And part of this awakening thing, I'm not going to go through all those indicators again, but part of this awakening thing is there's an increased um, awareness of the things of God. Our hearts are turning to the Lord. And yeah, you have to cooperate with that, but at the root of that is God. It's, the awakening is not about the awakening. The awakening is about the Father. It's about the Father and, and interacting with Him and growing deeper in Him. And y'all have heard a lot about the Father around here. We imparted that whole thing in this house. I taught a whole week on the Father one time. Rodney's taught a whole whole series on the Father too. And so all those things have brought you to this place of uh, of uh, and, and, and the... The reality that God wants to do something, He wants to do something now. I expect it's already happening here, and uh, it's uh, you know the thing the Lord said to me again. I don't want to repeat a lot of stuff that I said, but to say this is that what the Lord said to me way back a year ago. the The awakening is here. Well, it didn't look like it. It didn't even feel like it in our house, but there were some little signs that we kind of picked up on. But the Lord said the awakening is here. The church is asleep. I don't think he's just talking about our house. Now, we've been talking about it intensively for four years. And I said this morning, I've t- talked about hardly anything else since about uh, July or August of last year. Hardly anything else. I've taught a lot of different stuff but all of it uh, centers around this awakening. And what do we do? How do we adjust? What do we, how do we move as leaders and as people, the, the family of God? How do we, what kind of adjustments do we make? So you're feeling an increased presence. Uh, an increased in the presence of the Lord. You know, we need the presence of the Lord in our services. Amen? Then we invite you here again, Lord. Just be, be with us today. So uh, all that being said is that this is, uh, it, it's, it's like nothing we've ever seen. Um, the, uh, the leaders, uh, w- w- how he's dealing with us is, uh, if, if we as leaders, I'm talking to myself, and these are two of my elders here, uh, the youngest two, uh, is uh, if, if leaders are not willing to do it. So I'm talking to leaders kind of now. If leaders are not willing to do it and change and adjust and shift and those kind of things, nobody else is going to either. So God's it's a time where God says it's time for leaders to lead and fathers to father. Amen? So let's kind of get to some new stuff for tonight. Y'all ready to do that? So uh, we talked this morning, and again, for our friends at The Rock, what we did and what the Lord had me do in our house uh, some months back was to, uh, I just really felt the push or the pull. You know, God doesn't really push. He pulls, right? He pulls us to a deeper place. I felt the pull of the Lord to do this with my elders. There's eight of us uh, including uh, counting me and uh, I call up, send a text, group text out said meet me uh, 30 minutes ahead of schedule had a service this morning. He said uh, what I felt like the Lord said is get them, get them in the side room and all, you, all I want you to do as I'm here, like I'm hearing it from the Lord, I want you to do is just speak to their spirit and tell their spirit to wake up. Now, the Holy Spirit is awake, right? The Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak, right? Yeah, the Spirit's always, the Holy Spirit's always willing. And so uh, I, I, that's all I did. It wasn't much of a prayer, really, at all. All I did is just walk down and touch them, like we did this morning here. And we just said to their spirit, Wake up. And I made sure that they knew. I made sure that these men here, the leaders here this morning, we did this in the side room before we came in and had the service, I made sure that these men here knew that I wasn't saying they're asleep. So I told my guys, I'm not saying you're asleep. I don't think you're asleep. I just want to make sure you're not. Amen? So that's the key is we want to just make sure we're not. So if those of you that were not here this morning would stand up, we want to just do that with you real quick. We'll just do it real quick. And uh, somebody there close to them, just uh, touch them. Just touch them on the back and just touch them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wake up! It was speaking to your spirit, just to wake up. I'm not saying you're asleep. I'm just say just we just want to make sure you're not. There has been a while they're doing that. See, that didn't hurt at all, right? You can you can be seated. Hi, Gail. So we uh, Eric reminded me of this a couple of times. There has been a revolutionary change in our house since we did that. Now we invited. Uh, I wanted to pray over my guys, and like we did your leaders this morning. So they would be ready to pray over and touch all the people in our house. And there's been a revolutionary change. I mean, it's uh, I've been teaching this stuff about people finding their place and equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. I've been teaching that since day one. But we're seeing that start to uh, materialize at a level we've never seen before in our house. And so it's really happening. I would expect something to happen with you. Amen? So anyway... Um, <clears throat> I'm saying to people, uh, I don't. You, you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss this move of God. You don't want to miss what He's doing. And um, this, this could be. This could be. It could be the last great awakening. I'm believing for that. And, you know whether it's last or not. But it, it's going to be a great awakening, and it's all, it's already taken place. I think you can see that. And at the same time, the uh, the uh, attack. And the trickery of the enemy is at, at an all time high, which is you know it's not fun, but it's a, it's a good indicator, amen. It's a very good indicator that when you're like you said this morning, Jeff right, you said this morning is his, uh, his, uh, his uh, favored families, is that right? His favorite family saying he's really come under attack. Well, that's not fun, but it's a really good sign, right? See? Uh, Because the enemy hates it. When you become a threat to him, he's got to retaliate. So about time that the body of Christ put him on the defense, amen? Instead of us being on the defense all the time, it's about time us, uh, you know, speaking doubt, fear, and disarray back into the camp of the enemy. You know, the the armor of God, you already know this, but the armor of God has nothing to protect your back. You know why? Because the people of God, the kingdom people, they don't turn and run. We take the battle to the enemy, amen? So it's time. That we hear what God is saying, and we take the battle to the enemy. Let's let him play defense for a while. So you don't want to miss this. So here's the question. What are you going to do? And uh, just like the thing with Vicky, that's a great example. What, what are you going to do? Because what you do, it, it's really a key thing for you to do and be true to what God is saying to you because it's contagious when you do that. When you start to walk by faith, you know, when... Uh, you know, the thing that's just immediately come to mind is when David went to the battlefield to check on his brothers, you know, he, uh, he got there and he saw this uncircumcised Philistine who uh, was taunting, making fun of the armies of God, and uh, he knew that wasn't right. And, uh, you know, he was t- totally, uh, uh, you know, should be intimidated by this 10-foot tall giant who was a champion warrior of the Philistines, but he knew that uh, God was on his side. He, he, the, the word says he, he ran to the battle. And he, on the way to the battle, uh, everybody, I'm sure, telling him, "Don't, don't do it. You don't have a chance." We said, "Well, this battle is not mine. It, it belongs. This, this battle belongs to the Lord." And really, if you look at that from, through kingdom eyes, Goliath didn't have a chance. He didn't have a chance against little David with his slingshot. Amen. So uh, the question is, what What are you going to do? And uh, uh, my question, and I'll say it again today, um, that verse that that I. Quote, every Sunday, I think, probably every Sunday with very few exceptions in 34 years. Ephesians chapter 4, he's given some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Five-fold ministry, right? For the building up and the edifying of the body and for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So, this church this body is never going to be the church, the body that God wants it to be until you get in. Because Rodney's an equipper. I know Rodney. You're, but this church is not going to, the, the, the vision, the prophetic destiny of this church is not going to be fulfilled if you don't come with a mindset and a heart to be equipped. And I get this, I get this every now and then. It's frustrating when people say, well, you know, we just don't believe what Andy. We don't believe he's feeding us, you know. And so my experience in 34 years, is that the people who whine and complain about not being fed rarely do anything with what they are fed. And that's that's my experience, and I'm not trying to be tacky, but the the other thing is this. Babies have to be fed. Adults feed themselves. So it's time for the body of Christ to grow up, to stiffen their back, and for men to stand up and be the men of God. And for the whole family to come in line with the plan of God. So what are you going to do? Here's my question. And I don't ask this question to make you feel bad if you're not. I ask this question so you can pursue and see what God would say to you about it. Are you ministering to anyone? Number one, are you being equipped? All it takes is a a mindset change on your part. That's all it takes. You're equipped for what? What? For the work of the ministry, till we all come in the unity of the faith. That, oh, that hasn't happened yet. And I've been telling my people this for years. I don't, I, I, I don't think the world has seen yet what God wants to do in that. If a body of Christ, even this size, if a, if a body like this, if everybody here or 50% of you would buy into and start to walk that out, Phoenix City, Alabama, Columbus, Georgia has never seen anything like God would do with you if you would do that. It hasn't been seen. And I I believe, I think I'm saying this because because God wants me to say it to you and to to emphasize it with you. So you'll do it. And uh, I want to be, I think we are. I think we're on the front end of what God is doing. We're starting to hear about it everywhere. And one of the dangers uh, that, that can happen, the Lord showed me, in some of these 80 pages of stuff is one of the big mistakes that we can make is try to make, uh, try to make what God is doing somewhere else, try to make that happen here. That's very dangerous if you do that because if it's not the Holy Spirit, then it really wasn't anything, right? All it could turn out to be is a work of man. And so there's stuff happening all over, and it's happened spontaneous. It's going to look different everywhere, and uh, we used the. I gave the example this morning of Demar Hamlin. Never heard that name in my life until a few months ago on Monday night football when he was laying there on the turf and uh, looked like everybody thought he was dead. And I asked God, "Is there something prophetic about that?" And like I said this morning, the lights just went on, and God said, "Yes." And what the Lord said in that is, I didn't say this this morning, is start to look for God to do stuff in unorthodox ways. Well, it's not unorthodox for God because he can do what he, he can do whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it, but it's going to look unorthodox. So you've got to be careful not to try to judge what God is doing by what you've seen before. We've learned a lot in that, but we, need, we don't need to forget all that. But don't try to make what God's doing fit in what you've seen before because it's going to be different this time. And the reason, and the reason that it's going to look different everywhere is God doesn't, he doesn't want people to copy the method. It's not about a method it's about it's about interacting with him it's about It's about leaders who realize well i'll put it this way I was one Sunday morning I was in church and uh, uh during worship uh, the Lord said, just in that still small voice see, I've never heard the audible voice of God, but he, he speaks to me all the time. does he speak to you because the, the Bible says that my sheep know me and they hear my voice so I tell my people, if you're not hearing him, there's a good chance the problem's not on his end. So the Lord said to me, Andy, you're in over your head. And I think that's a good place to be. Amen. And what I kind of, I'm still getting stuff from that. But when, when he said you're in over your head is you don't know what to do here. Now I've led for 34 years. I think I'm a fair leader. But. I'm in a place now, and I've said it this morning, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it again to leaders. I may say it a few times while I'm here, is that this move of God is going to require a level of leadership from leaders that they've never seen, they've never experienced, they've never seen, all they have done maybe is just dreamed of it. It's going to take a a greater devotion, a, 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 a greater determination to hear God than ever before. There's no substitute. There's no alternative than to hear what God is saying and do what he says. There's no alternative. We got to get desperate for what it is God's saying. That's a good place to be. So congratulations, you're in over your head too. That's a good place to be, man. Let's see. I'll tell you this. I think this is a good word for you. Um, so are you being equipped? Are you ministering to anyone? I don't say that uh, to make you feel bad if you're not, but... It'd be great if we left out here tonight, tomorrow night, or the next night, or the next night. We left out here with this on our hearts and minds. God, open the door. And give me an opportunity. Just open the door and give me an opportunity to minister to someone. And a lot of stuff is going to happen when we come together and gather together. So sparks ought to really fly when the body of Christ comes together. But I, I really believe, and I think this is another one of those things I'm hearing from the Lord, is this much of stuff is going to happen at the church house. This much stuff's going to happen out there, and if uh, just I'll point somebody out, and you can tell me what your vocation, what you do, so what do you do? Yeah, I IT. IT. it, and uh, Shane, real estate. real estate. See if uh, if uh, if uh, the it person just ministers to the people in his circle of influence. This is for you too if you just serve and if you minister and see that as your field of ministry, if you'll just do that with your real estate people, if you'll just do that with your people you play golf with, if you'll just do people that you're working on their IT stuff, if you'll just do that whoever you're serving, it wouldn't take us long to win the world. And that's, that's A lot of it's going to happen like that. And the ones that are going to carry the load, and I think another reason you're hearing this message and you're hearing it now is so you can get in position because the ones who are going to do the heavy lifting, the ones who are going to be the most productive, the ones who are going to be the heroes, but you can't take credit for it, right? So he's the hero. You just get to participate. But the ones who are going to be most effective and productive in this move of God are ex- uh, uh, mature sons and daughters who understand your sonship, who understand your father, who are walking step in step with your father. That's who. See, because uh, something either Rodney said or someone talked about, maybe it was in one of the songs about people getting saved. That's, that's, the, that's the key. But in the evangelical church in America, that's the end game is to get people saved. But that's not the end game. That's the start game. It's important. That has to happen. But the end game is to get, get them saved and get them in their sonship. You know, and Paul said it this way, and I'm speaking to mature people, not just men. Because it's, it's not just for men. It's not gender specific. You may have 10,000 instructors in Christ. Hope I don't fall off there. You, have, you may have 10,000 instructors in Christ. Help me out. But you don't have many fathers. That's what Paul said. And he talked to the people where he wrote that letter. I think it's in 1 Corinthians, maybe chapter 3 or 4. Read the whole book. You'll, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> so it's a time for leaders to lead. It's a time for fathers to father. Mothers to mother. And uh, uh, I, will, I will say this. I think we're as ready as any church that I know of. But if we had another 100 people show up next Sunday, we're not ready for that. We've been preparing about it. We've been talking about this for 34 years. We've been uh, intensely talking about it for four years. We've talked about nothing but this for almost 10 months. And now people are starting to step up. And then now there are new people. They said they, we talked to someone at home today. We had a handful of new families today. The house is filling up again after COVID. You know, you probably lost some people over COVID. They'd rather stay home and be in their pajamas and watch the service. And I'm, tell, I'm saying, this is not a good time. If, if this is your house, this is not a good time to be at home. I, I, I've never felt like it worked to try to shame people. That's not my style anyway. I don't see Jesus doing that, so I ain't going to do it. But this is not a good time to not be together with the saints of God when, when, the, when, when we do gather together. This is a good time to be. I mean, you can get the word, but you can't experience the presence like you can when we come together. So it's really, really important. And you know, there's all these people out there. I run into this all the time. You know, we we're like you guys. We live. We can argue. We can uh, argue over who's the redneck capital of the world. Y'all or us? <laughs> but we both have a legitimate argument. You know what I mean? I said. Those those redneck jokes everybody laugh at—they hurt our feelings. (laughs) But there's this mindset, you know. I can just I I can encounter God. I can just have my relationship out at the I can have it out at the lake and fishing or out in the hunting in the deer blind. That's as selfish as you can get. That just says I'm more important than the body of Christ. That's what it says. So I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but this is not a good time to be, this is not, you, you, well, go to the lake and go fishing, get in the deer blind. But when the body of Christ comes together, come together with them. That's where the sparks are going to fly. This is where we come to get equipped. This is where we come to get on the same page. This is where we come to get our hearts together. This is where we come to catch the, the vision of the house and the presence of God. So, yeah, that little bit and that little bit that's going to happen outside, but that little bit, that's just causes there's going to be more outside than here. It doesn't mean that that part's not important. It's extremely important when we come together. So there's all these people. I'm like one point into my notes here. (laughs) There's also this mindset of people who, I I think they're they're kingdom people. They really believe the church is going to be more, but they can't find it like they like it anywhere, so they've just quit. And that, that compounds the problem, you understand? and uh, I realize I'm talking to the choir here, but maybe you can tell somebody that thinks like that, okay? But it compounds the problem because if the people who care, people who really care about the church being the church, and really care about the body of Christ coming into its prophetic destiny, into its fullness, if they're not here, then, uh, you know, it just doesn't happen. So if you're hearing this and you go to church somewhere else, uh, get back in somewhere, get back in somewhere, and be part of the process of change rather than complaining and being out there by yourself somewhere. I don't even know why I said that. It's not in my notes. So, so uh, here's some facts about the, uh, the awakening <clears throat> that we didn't talk about this morning. I did kind of mention this one. The, the awakening is going to come first to the people who've been contending for it. That's why, I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm nobody really, you know. So, but I've been hearing this for a long time. But I've been contending for it for a long time. I've been believing for the body of Christ for a long time. Now, what I said a minute ago about that being selfish, just being out in the deer blind and not caring about the body of Christ. I don't hear very many people talking about, even preachers, their love for the body of Christ. I can't talk very long. We stopped on at my friend, uh, our friend Johnny Buckner uh, in Starkville, Mississippi, on the way down. Spent a day and a half and... Uh, <clears throat> Just in talking about the body of Christ, he asked me a couple of questions. I can't talk very long without my voice starting to break up and a lump in my throat. And pretty soon I can't talk because of the tears and stuff because of what I believed all these years, what I believe I've been hearing all these years. And now we're on the brink of the body of Christ really becoming what I've been believing for. See, it just happens to me. I can't help it. So I'm going to, I just want to, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to do this. I'm just going to impart to you right here, right now, because God wants me to give it to you. I want to impart to you a love and a desire and a devotion for the body of Christ to be the body of Christ it's supposed to be. Amen. Yeah. So, every church is going to have its opportunity. Some are going to lead. And uh, I think that's why I'm here, is to help the spark and to ignite it in this house. And uh, I believe it's going to happen. And... uh, and one of the things I said this morning, too, is um, it, it, God's going to do it. He's going to do it everywhere. It, it, he wants to do it everywhere. But he won't do it where leaders won't cooperate. Wow. Now, I, I know they're going to cooperate here, and they're cooperating in my house. And uh, I'm kind of in the middle age group. These guys are young, got some, a few, a couple older than me. The rest of them are about my age. And uh, it. It's rare that men of that age, people of that age, even uh, that they would be willing to um, sign on to the greatest challenge they've ever had in life. You know, most people at I'll be 70 on my birthday. Most people at 70, they're ready to get in the recliner, kick back. They don't want to. then we don't have any rec- we don't have any recliner sitters on our elder bunch. They're they're men like Joshua and Caleb. They don't. It don't matter to them if they're old or not. They've been believing for this for. I've been believing for this for 35 years, too. And they're not about to hit the recliner at this stage of the game. Amen? Every church is going to have its opportunity. Some are going to lead. Some are going to follow. Do you want to lead? Do you want to lead, Rodney? you want to lead this area in the awakening? Yeah. Isn't it? He didn't have to think twice about it. Some are going to lead. Some are going to follow. Some won't participate but they're going to get blessed anyway to some degree, not to a full degree, not to the degree of someone who says, I want it to happen in my house. Do y'all want it to happen in this house? Because I think think I'm just holding the Lord to his word. The awakening is coming to those who want it and who will contend for it and who will nurture that and not get in the way. He's positioned you for this. And uh, I know you've been under really, really good, sound kingdom teaching here. And when I use the word kingdom teaching, every church in, uh, in uh, this area, any area, every church is not what I would call a kingdom church because a lot of churches are doing everything they can do. Every message they preach and teach is to uphold their statement of faith. I'm not against that if that's what you want to do. That's just not what God is doing right now. He's going de- to defy all those things. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to do what we demand that he does. He, this thing is going to be different. Um, but he's bes- positioned you for this. And uh, uh, the Lord keeps reminding me, we have time, but we don't have time to waste. And uh, wh- what if, what if uh, a lot of your life, what if, of th- your life and your spiritual life hinged around this thing that God is doing now? So you don't want to miss it. Um, let's see. Those who believe for it, those who won't stand in the way. So we got to be careful not to get in God's way. And that's when someone asked me, well, Andy, what are you doing to help facilitate? That's not a good word because I'm not facilitating it. I'm just, to, I'm just trying to stay out of the Lord's way, right? I'm in over my head. I don't know what to do if I don't get that information from the Lord, right? I'm desperate to hear from God. Uh, those who uh, are believing for it, those who won't get in the way, those who won't take the credit for it themselves, that's a really, really important one there. So, um, well, I might get to it in a minute, I'll tell you a little personal thing, how the Lord's been dealing with me, but it's, it's, it's not going to come if the leaders don't want it. And uh, the, the problem is what it's always been. It's what it was in Jesus' day. Religious tradition is the thing that stood in Jesus' way for the kingdom to come then, Religion is what stands in the way today. And religious tradition always dies screaming. And uh, a lot of people will be so hung on to their tradition that they're going to miss maybe the greatest move, the greatest move of God in their lifetime, maybe the greatest move of God, I believe, that it's ever going to happen on the planet. And I'll say it again, that if I'm wrong about that, the only thing, the only bad thing that can happen is my people are going to be overprepared. And ready for, the next, ready for the next one, amen? So religion is a problem. So <clears throat> here's what I'm doing in my house. When you stand up here, Rodney can relate to that. When you stand up here, you can start to see people. Uh, I call it the heat of God. You can start to see people that God has his hand on. So I've identified uh, not quite a dozen uh, in their 20s, most of them, a couple of them in their early 30s, just from standing up here and seeing what God is doing. And seeing the heat of God on them. And, uh, and, and I've identified those. And so we're putting those, we're putting those, uh, we're speaking prophetically into their lives. And we're, uh, we're getting them in places of responsibility. And we're going to take a, a, an aggressive, assertive is a better word, an assertive approach in uh, training them up. That's what God wants to do. And uh, they're going to bypass a lot of people who are hung up in tradition. These people who don't even have much church and don't know much Scripture, but are, have a zeal for God, they're going to they're really move fast in this move right now. And it doesn't matter how old you are, if you still have a young man or a young woman's heart, God's going to. There's going to be such a move in your life. He's going to renew. He's going to renew your strength. He's going to make you feel like a young man, like a young woman. He's going to renew all that. You're going to feel. You're going to have more energy than you've ever had before. I'm, right now, I, I really do. I feel better than i felt in 25 years. I can give you a list of stuff that I've had to deal with over the last year. I shouldn't be this good. <laughs> I really shouldn't be this good. So I know. I mean, just, just one thing. Um, See, so we had four boys, and then five, and we, we lost a little boy. So we have four living boys. and Then we had a daughter, Cameron, and uh, she'd, be, uh, she'd be 28 and uh in November, and uh, almost a year ago, she, she lives in Austin now, she comes, she's the only one that ventured off the reservation, all my other boys, 12, all my other boys and 12 grandkids live within five miles of me, and I, I think I'm more blessed than anybody I know of, but a year ago, she comes home and finds her fiance dead, and one day, she has everything in the world to look forward to, <laughs> next day. I've had people three or four close around me. And when I talk about an increase in signs and wonders, I'm still believing for that. But my friend Phil Brewer, my friend Kurt Lancaster, my friend Jimmy Oglesby, who who, who died within the last year, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I'm still believing. I'm still believing for God to, I'm still believing for God to do what He. I know He's going to do that. So the other day, um, the Lord, we we got a call from. Uh, give me one of these when it's time, okay? Well, I got a call the other day from a little girl in our church, and she said uh, someone that works with her aunt, daughter, a little seven-year-old girl, stepped on an electric line, burn her insides, and uh, all that. She wasn't expected to live. And uh, so we, not just us. So we, we're not taking the credit for it, but a lot of people prayed. And uh, anyway, the Lord completely turned that thing around within a, within a week's time. No, in, no internal damage, no, nothing permanent. So that was God. So, <clears throat> but I say this. Uh, I said that to say this. When I heard that, uh, the Lord spoke really clear to me, and He said this. This is for you too. Expect to be inundated with impossible situations. So see, if, if the Lord said that, see, because with, with, with man there's things that's impossible, right? But with God, nothing's impossible. So expect to be inundated with things that look impossible. And when God said that, that just makes me know. It just makes me know in here that there are miracles just waiting to happen for people who will believe. And I'm asking God, this is a question I'm asking God. Just this week I wrote it down. God, help me. I don't don't understand why my friends died. I don't get it. But God, help me. (laughs) Help me to see this stuff like you see it. Help me. So that's a good prayer. Help us to see this stuff like you see it. I'll try to find a quitting spot. I've got like six more pages of notes. We're not going to do all that. Let's see. Ah, we're entering new territory. We've never seen this before. It's a, good, it's, a, it's a good policy to admit we don't know how to manage it. We don't know how to manage what's about to happen. Amen. this is my own note. I'm trying to act like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> the stuff I'm telling you, though, I know it's right. We're to help facilitate it, to pollinate it, to spread it all in a healthy kingdom way. Let's see. I think I want to quit real quick. Let's just do this. Let's just quit there. Is that okay? Because we're going to be here tomorrow night, and Tuesday night's going to be men, and we're going to really challenge the men in this house. Uh, and then, is that okay with you girls? Well, it's not a very strong amen, but I mean, <laughs> girls, do you want us to challenge your men? Yeah. Okay, Uh, here's some things the Lord said to me that I think he's also saying to your house. Our household is about to undergo an extreme transformation. We're we're already feeling that. Starting with me, starting with my leaders, now it's bleeding over to and contagious with the whole household. It's a very good thing, but it's totally dependent and reliant, contingent on your cooperation and obedience to what you believe the Lord's saying to you. And um, there's a transformation taking place. There's going to be a transformation taking place in this house. I expect it's already in motion. But there's a transformation taking place. And there's a wave. It's the words I got from the Lord. There's a wave of righteousness and holiness coming to Auburn Heights. And, yeah. And, 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 And here's the thing. And thank you for the amens and the agreement in that, because I I believe that's happening. What that means is, is God's going to deal with us at the deepest heart level that he can deal with us. And, uh, that's why we're kind of getting to that point. I said a while ago, I want you to ask God in a minute, Lord, show me myself. And, uh, we went through, we had, uh, 15 years ago, uh, we had, uh, we got some churches and ministries connected with us and, uh. We had, uh, we had what we call the summit, and Rodney came to us when we actually met face-to-face the first time. How many years ago? Fifteen? So it was before that. It might have been 16 years ago we had the first one. We want to get all the ministries and churches that were connected with us to come, and we we're hoping to have 25, because you're, when you're talking about churches and ministry people, that's, that's quite a few, really. And so we're hoping we have 25, and it was $1,000 and 10 days. And, you know, a lot of people that have $1,000 didn't have 10 days, right? It was easier to find one the the the, uh, the 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 money than it was at the time. We put everybody up, and they stayed with other people. Rodney and uh, Debbie stayed with people in our church, and everybody stayed with people. We're hoping we'd have 25. We got a month and a half away, and we had about 15 or 16, and we thought, heck, we're liable to get 25, you know? And pretty soon we got 20, and we, got, we just blew right past 25, and... Pretty soon we had 40, and when it ended up, we ended up having uh, 82. We had 82 people for, for 10 days, and, uh, and we had 16 states represented and three nations represented. And so things were just booming, and, uh, and, uh, and we were able to minister to a lot of ministry teams, a lot of churches, and those kind of things. And then I went through a time, a really, really hard time. I guess some people have called it the dark night of the soul. I've heard that before. So I, I went through about seven years of uh, where I did a decent job teaching, but not a great job leading because I was just, I was hurting. And, uh, and so since then, that's been some years back. And since, so since then, we got, really, really got our focus back on the house, right? We got our focus back on the house. And uh, I got my feet in under me, and we got the church's feet in under us really good. And I wondered a few times. In fact, I even asked my Uncle Jack a couple of times. Uh, I said, uh, you think I missed a window there? Because the, the, if we did it now, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have 80 people, and we wouldn't have all those churches and ministries. And uh, Anyway, I asked Jack, you think I missed a window? Did I mess up? Did, did me going through that time? Did I miss what I believed that God had called me to do? I said no, not at all. And it wasn't anything that nagged me a lot, that I worried about a lot. But it, it would come every now and then. and It bothered me a little bit. And then, uh, but the other night, well, within a month, within the last month, within the last month or month and a half, I was uh, in, in in my time with the Lord. Another one of those times. And uh, this is how God's dealing with me. This is how good. This is how good God is. Yeah, He's so good. This is how good God is. He just took me to that, and He said, "Andy," He said, "If," and that's still small voice. He said, "If, if I would have brought the attention, the notoriety, the favor, the blessing of God on you and this house, then you wouldn't have made it." I think I can make it now. I think through that time, that dark night of the soul, that some stuff, I got delivered from some stuff that needed to go. So I I won't stop because there's just a a lot of stuff. But here's how God's dealing with me. I'm just kind of stripping down and kind of telling you. So so the Lord showed me, when I said, when God started showing me myself, He showed me that I have a, um, I don't think the people around me would say this, but, but, it doesn't matter if God says it, it must be true, right? But I felt like what God showed me was, was the, in fact, he said this to me 10 or 12 years ago. Andy, your greatest test starts now, and it lasts for the rest of your life. Can you keep on being nothing when everybody around you is telling you you're something? Now, I want to, tell you, I want to tell, you, tell you that, because this is where you come in, is your greatest test. If God does what he wants to do in Auburn Heights You've never been through a test like you're, you're going to go through then. You've never been through the test. We've all been through I've been through tests going through hard stuff. I've never been through a test where things were so good and the things I touched turned to gold or the things that people I prayed for got miraculously healed. So I'm believing for that. And God just warning me about myself. He warned you about yourself too. It's not just me that God's doing this. He said, I'm doing it. It's what he's going to do in you if you'll let him. He wants to do a deep, deep, deep surgical work in you. And what he's doing in you is more, it's more uh, accurate than laser surgery. When you ask God to show you, your, show you yourself, I promise you he's going to show you yourself. He's going to maybe say something to you like, you took your cross and you didn't quit. But you know what, Andy? You got a thing here. That if it doesn't stay in check, you'll you'll rise up in pride. Another thing he said to me was this he said, uh, in certain situations you've been too passive. I don't like uh, confrontation. Uh I don't like uh you know, I mean I've learned I have to do it. Does anybody know who Jordan Peterson is? You all know who Jordan Peterson is? Anybody? Yeah, do you are you a regular are you a regular Jordan Peterson guy or yeah, so I I would highly recommend you if you haven't discovered Jordan Peterson, you should check him out. And the reason I say that is he's a, he's a clinical psychologist from Canada. I think he could be the smartest man on the planet. I mean, not counting me and Rodney, <laughs> other than us. Yeah. Yeah, we're, I'm in like the Forrest Gump category, okay? But uh, he was a clinical psychologist. I started listening to him six or seven years ago when he was an avowed atheist. And I've seen and listened to him, but still the stuff he talked about, I mean, he wasn't anti-God. He just didn't believe. And uh, and But I've listened to him because his stuff is so practical and so useful for human beings that I've listened to him and I've seen a transformation take place in him to now. He is, is as good a Bible teacher as I've ever heard before. And he can't talk about the Bible. I mean, he knows the Bible better than most anybody I know. He's like, he's, a, he's, he's brilliant. But here, here's what he said about conflict. It, helped, it helps me. It helped me. Conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. So the Lord has shown me to check out. So just check out Jordan. Jordan B. Peterson. Check him out. And here's what I told people around me. If you'll listen to him for a week, you'll listen to him for the rest of your life. And uh, so, but the Lord showed me that uh, I've been too passive. And he said, what I want to do. What I want to do and what I want to use you to do and to partner with me, you can't be passive in some of this stuff that you've been passive in before. So, all I'm doing there is just saying to you and being honest with you so it will break the ice with you. You don't have to tell me, I don't think, I don't really, you don't have to tell me what God says to you, but this is what I want us to do. Let's just stop there. And uh, so, <clears throat> The thing that God reminds me of every day, the thing that uh, I haven't, I've slacked up on this one since, in, in months, is he reminds me every day, it's because it's important for this move that God's in, that we're in right now. He reminds me every day, don't get so busy that you forget your time with me we got to keep the lines open. We got to keep, we got to press in. We got to go deeper with the Father. There's nothing like an encounter with God. There's nothing that can change you in a heart but nothing in the in the universe that can change you and set your heart correct and right. Nothing that can put you in check, nothing that can set you free. Nothing. There's nothing that can even come close to the encounter and the encounters that we have with God. So whatever you do, if you don't hear anything, I say the rest of the week don't let that part suffer because I'll say it again. God's in a talkative mood. He wants to talk to you. So let's stand up. And uh, what I want you to do, just quietly to yourself, just quietly to yourself is just say, God, show me myself. Just we'll just be quiet. Let's everybody be quiet for a minute. Let me let me go ahead and kind of set the stage for that a little bit. When you when you hear something from the Lord, and I remember. Because, see, a lot of people who don't know the Father, uh, if, you, if you don't know the Father and you see God as someone who you can't really ever get anything right with, and all he does is want to tell you what you do wrong all the time, well, that's probably what you're going to hear. But good fathers commend you. So I expect it to be a good mix of God commending you and God showing you, hey, this is something, this is something I'd like to work on. He's always gentle in that. He's never mean or mean-spirited. He's a father. So what you hear tonight, whatever you hear tonight, so when you hear something, just come down here, just, just so we can, you can see that God's moving. You don't have to tell me or anybody else what it is. It's nobody else's business. But remember, this is important. Whatever it is that God shows you or says to you is the tip of the iceberg. And what you're doing tonight is something we should do all the time. God, show me myself. Show me if there's, in fact, I had a thing last week uh, along that whole pride thing. I had a, a thing last week, and I'm thinking, um, to myself, I thought, you know, that's not pride. And then I just kind of saw the Lord doing. Eh, it really is. nothing. well, okay, well, if he says it, it is. Amen? So uh, it, that makes me want to hear him more because, that, again, listen, this, ain't, this isn't play-like. This is the real deal. This is what your life is about. And God wants to do something spiritually, surgically in you to get you moving in what he's doing now so you can be a major player, a mover and a shaker, and maybe the greatest move of God there will ever be. So ask him to show you yourself. And When he shows you something, just come down, and we won't drag it out. Just come down, and we'll pray over everybody, and then we'll go. <clears throat> So when you ask God those kind of questions, He just takes, He just has, He just takes His opportunity to say, "Okay, let's do it." Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People are still coming, so Lord, show me myself. What do you see when you look at me, Father? Now, if anybody feels comfortable in doing it, just tell me something that God said to commend you. Anybody? Thank you for leading from love and not from from perfection. Wow. He loves that. God loves it. Good job. Excellent. that's, That's God right there. That's how God speaks. Anybody else? Does anybody feel like that? Uh, this is kind of stepping out there, but does anybody feel like that the Lord might have shown you something that you need to just kind of watch out for? You? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Do you mind telling us? No, not at all. Um, he, first of all, He loves my heart. Yeah. But He showed me, He said, You know my voice. When I speak into your spirit, I, he, he wants me to speak out more. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Good. Very good. See, we need to be—that's that's that's a good word. We need to be saying what God is saying. That's the words that breaks the yoke right there. Amen. Anybody else want to say something? You got anything? Yeah. Yes. said uh, you're a fierce warrior who fights hard and loves deep. Yeah. Do you hear that? But it's your humility that will promote you. Yeah. Awesome. Say it louder. Can y'all hear this? You're a fierce warrior. Fierce warrior who fights hard and loves deep. Who fights hard and loves deep. But it's your humility that will promote you. It's your humility that will promote you. That's, That's God right there. That's God right there. Somebody else? See, that's what God does. He Just commends you. Tells you what he lacks. Tells you what to watch out for. Okay, so Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you for what you're doing, what you've started. Your word says that you that have begun a work in us will complete the work. And so we say yes, we acknowledge that. Let's just do this. Let's say yes to the Lord for what, we, the, about what he says to us and about our life that we know about. But let's also take a step of faith and say, God, I'm going to say yes to you about the stuff I don't even know about yet. I'm going to say, yeah, just, it's up to you just to say yes to that. We just say yes to you. Now, Lord, my prayer is, is that the fire of God would fall on this house. That the fire of God would fall on this house. And, Lord, that, uh, that deep surgical work, that wave of righteousness and holiness, that uh, laser-focused, that laser-focused surgery would happen in us and take, and take those things that are deep in us that maybe we don't even know are there. Or don't even realize that are a threat to, to, uh, to us and to, you, and, and to being uh, able to be used to the fullest extent. And Lord, get us in place. Get us in shape. Correct our hearts where our hearts are not right. Correct our hearts. Just fix us. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Amen. Anybody else have anything they want to say? Everybody good? Thank you. Remember, whatever he said, that's the tip of the iceberg. There's going to be a lot more of that. Thanks.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. I, um, I come um it's okay um I want to encourage you tomorrow night be back okay it's just it's just getting started and um, be faithful uh, I love one of the sayings that I hear. Andy um, when I first met him, and it's just and it's just some things that's just always touched my heart, but he was saying it tonight and it reminded me, "Religious people will kill for what they believe. Kingdom people will die for what they believe. I want to encourage you, keep moving toward kingdom living. Amen, Not religion. But kingdom living. Amen. Father, we love you. We bless you. We thank you for touching our spirit. Thank you for, Lord, correcting us. Thank you for encouraging us. All of those things. You are a good, good Father. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Yes. man. if you, men, You need to call the office tomorrow because we've got to order food tomorrow night, okay? And we need to know how many is coming. Um, For those at The Rock, I know some of y'all's men have mentioned coming. So, um, yeah, so if y'all can get us a number, that would be great. We'll have some extra. But if you can call, it'd be great. God bless you. We love you.